I'm going to be speaking um, this evening about spiritual gifts and spiritual gifts, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. And Barry's absolutely right. So I did this a couple months ago at my last preach, but if you hear something that resonates with you, I need you to shout an amen and a hallelujah and a praise the Lord or whatever phrase comes out of your mouth. Because what you're doing is you're connecting and you're saying, I'm having some of that. Yeah, that's good. I'm having some of that. So I'm going to start in um, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Because a lot of the time, when it comes to spiritual gifts or gifts that we have, a lot of us think that we don't have anything. We don't have anything to give. We don't have anything to contribute. But we're going to dispel that right now. So Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says, I knew you. Before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. You have a purpose. You have a gift. There is a reason why you are here. You are not just a product of biology. You are a product of the maker of heaven and earth saying, I have a job to do, and I am going to design Fatmon specifically for that job. And while she's in her mother's womb, I'm going to give her an assignment that only she can do. You are not an accident. And before I say anything else, I need you to get that. You are here. You have a gift. There is something that God created you specifically to do that only you can do. Now, we're going to read this verse again, and I want you guys to read it along with me. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. But at the beginning, I want you to say your name before it. Because this is a verse where God was talking to a man who didn't believe he had the skills that God had put in her. And he said, no, I need you to understand that I've put something inside you. I've put purpose inside you. I've put a gift inside of you before you were born. And you're here to live out that purpose. So I'll do it first of my own. And then I want you guys to join with me and we'll do it again. Fatmon, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. You guys ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Fatmon, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Amen. And sometimes you're going to have to wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am here. I have a purpose. God put me here. I'm not here on accident. Irrespective of what life is telling you, of what your situation is telling you, before you were formed, God gave you an assignment. The Holy Spirit gave you a job to do. You are not an accident. You have a gift. The next verse I'm going to go to, you guys probably know by now, I love reading scriptures, but this is Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Now, I'm going to unpack this a bit because in verse 2, it says that the earth was empty and formless and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering. God created the earth and he put deep waters in there. But there was darkness that covered the waters until, this verse says, the Holy Spirit began to hover. Now, this morning we learn about the Holy Spirit and how he stirs us up and prepares us and gets us ready and, lead, and leads us. And I'm here to say to you tonight, God created you with deep waters inside you. And there may have been some darkness covering that. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to hover over your life and hover over the surface of those dark waters, guess what? Those spiritual gifts... Begun to begin to awaken. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're saying, Lord Jesus, come and hover. Yeah. And sometimes that means that you've got to put yourself in the right position where you haven't been before so the Holy Spirit can rest yeah. and settle and hover and begin to stir up and awaken those things in your life that they've always been there, but they've not been activated. And that may mean turning away from sin. And that may mean surrounding yourself with people who will help you to stir up those gifts. But the water is always there. And the Holy Spirit in us will begin to activate those things. It's like when you have straighteners for us ladies. They have potential to straighten your hair. But if you don't plug it into the wall socket, you've got no power. The straighteners always have potential, but not until they're plugged into the wall. I see all the men like, I have no idea what this is about. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit's job is to awaken those things that he's put in us that have always been there. He's not a tease. There's some of us in here tonight and you've had dreams and you've had ideas and you've had them for years and there's this thing that you've had since you were a kid and you can't seem to shift it. Guess what? The Holy Spirit put that in you before you were born. While you were in your mother's womb. These are the gifts that we're talking about. And if we seek him first and we allow him to minister to us and lead us and listen to his voice these gifts begin to come alive. They begin to awaken and we can move for him. Now I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. And this says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God created you in his image. You can't be worthless because you look like God. 
You cannot be worthless because you look like God. I have spoke this morning about the same power that is in Jesus is in me. If I'm a Christian, if I'm following after Jesus, the same power that raised him from the dead is inside of me. How can I be empty? How can I be worthless? When I've got the Holy Spirit inside me, when I'm created in his image. Come on, guys. Verse 28, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living, living thing that lives on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning on the sixth day. God created you to be like him. To be reflectors of his glory, with a purpose, with a plan, with an assignment. But this verse also says that he gave us provision to do that assignment. Because not only did God say, I've created you. He said, I've given you the seed to accomplish, to do that assignment that I've put in you. So I'm here again to remind you guys that whatever's in you, God has also already given you what you need to reach that goal. He said, I'm putting you in the garden. I've created you in my image, but I'm also giving you seed to feed off. I'm also giving you a job to do. And then here's the thing about seed. If you don't do something with the seed, it dies. Who remembers being in primary school and you all get those um, plastic cups and you put a seed in it and then you wrap it in tissue and you put a little bit of water in it and everybody has their cup on the windowsill and it grows. Now, if you don't water it and put it in the right position so that it can get sunlight, guess what? That seed dies. It doesn't mean that seed never had potential. It just wasn't in the right environment for it to grow. And God has put things inside of us. A goal, a gift, an assignment, a spiritual gift that he has deposited in us from our mother's womb. Before we even knew it, he said, I know what this person's going to do. And it's put inside of us all the things that we need to accomplish that goal. And this is crucial. We came with gifts. So why aren't we fulfilling these gifts and these things that God has put inside us? I heard this analogy and it's amazing. Elephants in a circus. Who's ever been to a circus? Have you ever noticed that an elephant is only held down by a small chain? and a peg in the soil. Think of the strength of an elephant. 
the majesty of an elephant. They're huge. Yeah. Elephants are massive. <laughs> and the only thing that is holding this elephant back from not running away is a chain and a small peg in the ground. Now, if the elephant knew, I hope you guys are following me, that it had power like it does, do you think that chain could hold the elephant? And what the elephant, what elephant trainers do is from the moment an elephant is born, they put this chain on the elephant's leg. So it thinks, if this chain is on me, I can't do anything. And even as the elephant grows more powerful and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, it looks at this chain, this tiny chain on its foot, and thinks, I can't move because this chain is here. And that is what the enemy does to us every day of our life. He makes you think you don't have the power that's inside you, but he puts a little chain on your foot and you think you can't get anywhere. But if you only knew the power that was in you by the Holy Spirit that he has deposited in your life, you will look at that chain and kick it off. And that's what the enemy does to us every day. And tonight... And in this series, what we're doing is we're breaking that chain. Because we're saying, I realize that greater is he in me than he that is in the world. So what are the gifts? What are the spiritual gifts that God has given to us? And this is a few of them, but it's not all of them. So for some, it's the gift of administration. You can just plan things and organize things and you're good with paperwork and you're good with keeping things in order and keeping things organized. For some, it's the gift of apostleship. And that just means planting new churches, raising up leaders, doing ministry. You're just good at going in there, getting things done for the kingdom. For other people, it's the gift of discernment when you can just know something doesn't feel right. And the Holy Spirit in you just, just says, something's not right. For others, it's the gift of discipleship. You love just teaching people and walking with people through life and helping them get from one point to the other. For others, it's evangelism and you just have a heart for the lost. And you can't see a person, a homeless person on the street without it aching your heart. For others, it's the gift of encouragement and you can see someone who's down and you know exactly the right words to say to lift their spirits. For others, it's the gift of faith and whatever comes your way, you're that person that gets on everyone's nerve because you just have, we can do it guys, come on. You have that gift of faith. For others, it's the gift of giving. And that's time and finances. If you see something that needs doing, you have the ability to see a need and be able to meet that need either with your time or your finances. For others, it's the gift of healing. You can pray for people and they just get healed. There's a gift of intercession. You can pray. 
You can wake up in the middle of the night and it doesn't bother you. While I would fall asleep, you would be there praying for two hours in the night, interceding, standing in the gap, praying for the church, praying for somebody who's going through. And you sometimes get a sense and a feeling that I need to start praying for this person. And then you talk with them two weeks later and they say to you, I had a really bad week two weeks ago. And you realize that was the same time that person came in your mind and you started praying for them. For others, it's the interpretation of tongues, and Tony's going to touch on that next week. For others, it's the gift of knowledge, and that is just understanding the world, understanding God, and being able to communicate that to other people. And you're just very intelligent, and you can put concepts together and communicate them. Some people have the gift of leadership where some people are just born natural leaders and they can go into a situation, rally everyone together for a common goal and do great things. Some have the gift of mercy, where they can see someone and just be so merciful and you can be like, why? This person's done so much to you and this this has happened and why are you still loving them? You've got that gift of mercy. Some it's miracles You can pray for people and things change and burdens are lifted and things are shifted in their lives. Some have the gift of pastoring and shepherding and like Barry and Vicky have. Some it's just the gift of serving. You can just serve to to your blue in the face, to your flat in your face. Some have the gift of tongues and speaking in other tongues speaking prophetically in tongues, and others have the gift of wise counsel. You know, you've got that one person, and wherever you are, you can go, when you're having a really difficult time, you can call them, and they will always give you good advice. Those are some of the gifts. Spiritual gifts are not the things that you do from the platform. Because from this list that I've just reeled off, you'll realize that a lot of them are things that we do for each other. Things that we use to boost each other up and build each other up. And if we're only desiring the gifts that are up here, then you're really wanting to be a celebrity and not a servant. And God has called us to be servants. Most of the spiritual gifts are behind the scenes and they're things that you do naturally. And they're not burdensome and you can just do and do and do. And the aim of any gift that God has given us is to advance the kingdom of heaven. To make Jesus famous. I'm going to read a long passage now and it's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 31. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts 
And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So we should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. It is a good thing to desire spiritual gifts. It is a good thing to Search after and seek after that and say, Lord, what have you put in me that I need to be using for your body? Because we have a responsibility to each other in the body of Christ to use the gifts that he's given us. I have a responsibility to you and I actually deprive you of a blessing if I'm not up here preaching or if I'm not up here leading worship. You deprive me if you're not saying amen to my preach. <laughs> we, thank you. We have a responsibility to each other because God has put different gifts in every single one of us so that the whole body can work together. And it is our responsibility to wake up every day and say, God, am I using the gift that you've put inside me for your body? I can be quite shy and I'm not always great with new people, but there are some people who would just see somebody on the other side of the church and like, that's new, I'm going to go and speak to them. But there are some people who couldn't get up here and preach. We have a responsibility to God, to each other, to use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has deposited in us. If you don't use your leg for a couple of months, what happens? You get muscle wastage. It doesn't work anymore. You can get blood clots. But then that infection could go anywhere else in your body. It can spread. And it started with your leg, but it spreads everywhere else. 
We have to use, exercise the gifts that God has put in us. We have to use them. It's like a muscle. If you're trying to lift weights and get stronger, you've got to use it or you lose that strength. We've got to be saying, God, where would you have me? What have you put inside me and where would you have me use these gifts so that these gifts can grow and we can start growing in the kingdom and furthering the kingdom of God and making Jesus famous? And there are some of us in here and we have gifts and we're sitting on them. And what is your part? This is my question to you today. What is your part in the kingdom that you're not playing? And who's missing out because you're not doing your part? Because somebody is. How do we use these gifts? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And this is Paul talking to a guy called Timothy who he mentored. And he said, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. How do you grow your gifts? Sit under people, learn from people who have your gift and who are further along in Christ than you are. Paul said, this gift was in your grandma, and it was in your mom, and I can see it in you. And Timothy must have spent time with his mother and his grandmother. And that gift was stirred up and nurtured in him. If you have a gift that you want to use for God, find like-minded people. Eagles don't play with chickens because they're not the same. And some of us are surrounding ourselves with totally the wrong people and we're wondering why we're not being effective in the kingdom of God, moving along his agenda. But we're an eagle and we're on the floor with the chickens. Verse 6 of this says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I lay my hands on you. For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, power, and self-discipline. Now, we always hear this verse in relation to having anxiety, and that is one meaning. But in the context of this chapter, Paul is encouraging Timothy to use his spiritual gifts. And what this tells us is, don't be afraid to use the gifts that God has given to you that have been nurtured and have been grown while you've sat under the right leadership. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a gift of love and of self-discipline. And what that means is discipline is the ability to stay on track, to do what is right, to control your emotions. And some of us allow the fear to paralyze us and to say, I'm too afraid to use the thing that God has given inside of me. But God is saying, hey, I've given you the spirit of self-discipline, which means that you can overcome your emotions, you can overcome your fear, and you can walk in the gift that I I have put inside you. God has not given you a spirit of fear when it comes to the things that he's put inside you. He's given you a love for him. 
He's given you a love for his people. He's given you a love for his kingdom. And that should conquer the spirit of fear. He has given you the ability to be disciplined, to learn and to seek and to grow. So that when it is time to use your gifts, you can step out without fear. But you have got to learn. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Sit under people who have gone further than you, who can say, I made these mistakes, you don't have to make them. I have touched this morning on the fact that there is a way that even if God gives you a prophetic word or a word for someone, there's a way you have to communicate that. But you learn that by sitting under people and learning it. But God has not given you a spirit of fear. Verse 8 carries on, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer for me, with me for the sake of this good news. Your gift is going to come with sacrifice. You are going to have to deny yourself certain things. There is going to be a cost. There has to be a cost. Paul was imprisoned so many times because he was using the gifts that God gave him for the, for the body of Christ. There is a cost. There is a sacrifice. But in knowing that, it, goes, it then goes on to say in verse 12, that is why I'm suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. We know God. We know what he's put inside of us. We know the gifts he's put inside of us, and there's going to be a cost, but we know him to be faithful, and we know that we can trust him with our lives if we are doing the things that he has called us to do. If we are obeying and listening to the call of the Holy Spirit, guess what? We're protected. And no weapon formed against us will prosper if we're walking absolutely in line with what he has for us to do. Now that doesn't mean suffering won't come. That doesn't mean sacrifice won't come. That means it won't be difficult sometimes with friends and family when you have to say, I can't really do that anymore with you. Because there's something inside me that's greater. And... I can't really hang out with you like that anymore. And I can't really do those things anymore. There's a cost. But we know and we are sure that he, God, is able to guard our lives when we entrust him with everything. Because he's put inside us a gift. If your gift is for him, he will keep you. If your gift is for him and you're using it for him in the way that he would want you to use it, not with your own agenda, seeking his face and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And there'll be times and seasons when you're supposed to use a different gift and not one gift. And listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit as he says, this is the season for this and this is the season for that. And even though he may have given you gifts, there may be time and he's saying, hey, fat mon, not now, not that. 
We're working from the grace that God gives us. We are working from his leading. And guess what? There's peace in that. There's strength in that. And even when it gets difficult, we can always say, God, I know that you've put me here. It's difficult. This is hard. But you're leading me. And I know that I'm covered. What has God put inside you that you're afraid of pursuing? What are the feelings that you have about yourself that are chaining your leg back like the elephants? What are you getting in your way about? What are the dreams and the visions and the plans that you've had since you were a kid? Is it starting a business? Is it starting a charity? Is it speaking? What are the things that you can't shift? Those passions and those desires that you can't shift. You wake up with it. You're burning with it. You see it every day. You're just like, I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could. Guess what? You can. These gifts that God has given us, we have a responsibility to use them. The richest place on earth is the grave because there are people who have died with dreams and visions and everything. And I made a promise to God a long time ago. I want to die empty. I must die empty. And what I mean by that is everything, everything He's put inside of me, I'm going to use until I'm dead in my grave. Because I know what God has done for me where he's taken me from and how he's changed my life and I have a responsibility to say, God, you've done this for me. I'm going to do everything for you. So what is inside you this evening? What is that one thing that's been playing over in your mind and you're thinking, I should, I should, but I can't, I don't know. You can. You can. Because when God gave you that gift, he gave you everything you needed to do that. And you may need to surround yourself with new people. You may need to come to somebody in church or somebody on the leadership team and say, hey, I've got this gift. Mentor me. Help me. Help me. Show me how to do this. Teach me. But as you do that, guess what? The world is going to change for Jesus. What is it? You can. You can.